Welcome to Ignite Depot. My name's Apostle Milton Jones. I'm so glad you took the time out to join us this evening. Man, I guarantee you, you're going to see, receive a right now rhema word, a word in due season. What is a rhema word? A rhema word is a spoken word, a specific word for you, for your situation, for your circumstance. And I guarantee you, if you have ears to hear and if you have eyes to see and you've opened up your heart and, and made yourself available to receive the word of God, he's going to speak a word just for you this evening in the name of Jesus. So what do you I need you to do? I just need you to go ahead and lean all the way in. Lean all the way in into the word. Lean with earnest expectation. Lean in believing that he's going to speak directly to you and your situation and your circumstance. Man, never go to any Bible study. Never go to any church service. Never go to any worship service and not expect for you and God to have an encounter. So we're going to go ahead and make our declaration. Then we're going to make our confession. We're going to pray and we're going to jump right into the word of God for you and me tonight in Jesus name. I make this declaration in accordance with Isaiah 61 and 1 which says this. It says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. And to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the order of joy for morning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old ways, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor and praise this evening. We thank you, Father God, that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power, that the faith of the people lie not in the words of men, but in the power of the Most High God. Holy Spirit, move up and down each and every highway. Touch each and every household. Touch each and every listener, everyone who's watching, that burdens will be removed, yokes will be destroyed, old habits and wrong patterns of thinking and old lifestyles and things that they've been praying and asking to be set free and delivered from. They will be made whole, they will be set free, and they will be redeemed right now. In the name of Jesus. If they've never come into a relationship with you, let today be day one for them that they'll make a decision to receive you and to make Jesus the head over their life and let they will become disciples, followers, students, Father God, that he, they will be able to live the best life yet, the life that Jesus came to give them. Father, we're ever mindful to give you all the glory, the honor, and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and glory to God. Now, get your Bible up. Lift it all the way up in the air. Say this. Say, this is my Bible. <laughs> the Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what I should think. It tells me what I should believe. And it tells me how I should walk. The word of God is the most important thing in life. Say that with me. The word of God is is the most important thing in life. Why do you say that the word of God is the most important thing in life? Well, according to John Romans chapter 10, verse number eight, everything with God begins with the word. Everything you want to see happen in your life will begin with the word of God. Why? Because in, in John 8, 
and I believe it's verse 32 says, it says, if you continue, Jesus said this to those who believed on him. If you continue in my word, adhere to, apply them to your life, he says, then are you my disciples, my students, my followers, the ones who have submitted themselves and made a decision to follow after the word of God. And he says, and you will intimately know the truth and that truth, the truth of the word of God will make you free but it says this here in romans chapter 10 verse number 8 it says this it says but what does it say the word the rhema word the spoken word is near you it's in your mouth and it's in your heart that that word that word of faith that word of of assurance that word of persuasion that word of dependency that word of total trust where is it is in that word and it is the word of faith which we preach or we proclaim so the word of god is is not only uh uh uh, uh, uh instruct for instruction but it will make you free and that is why we always say the word of god is the most important thing in life because it makes you free and it comes from you getting it in coming out of your mouth because you got it in your heart it is the word of persuasion assurance dependence reliance it is the word which we preach or we proclaim another thing about that word not only will it make you free you say give me another example psalms 107 verse 20 says this it says he talking about god has sent his word he sent his word how did he send it by speaking it and he healed them and he delivered them from their destruction so not all, when he sends forth his word his word is there to heal you and to and to deliver you from all destruction that's how powerful the word of god is that's why again we say the word of god is the most important thing in life and with god everything begins by the word we began talking uh this is pr probably week number three in a series called locked and loaded and last week we was talking about how a new you should give you a new view and we talked about how in second corinthians chapter five we was talking about in 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 uh starting in verse number 14 we was talking about how for the love of christ it compels or that word compel means to urge or to force or or, or constrains us See, it's either going to push you forward to cause you to do some things or it will constrain you or hold you back from doing things that you ordinarily would do. It says for the love of Christ, it is either going to compel you or urge you or to give a, a force, a urge would force you to or drive you to go forward or it's going to constrain you or hold you back from doing things you would ordinarily do. It says because what, why, why does it, the love of Christ constrain us or compels us because we judge that if one died if christ died for then all died and he died for all of us jesus died for all of us that those who should live they will no longer live unto themselves but live unto the one who gave his life for them and rose again so what he's saying he says hey you know what 
I want to make an exchange with you. In fact, the, if I was to give this message a title, the title of this message is called Trading Places. Jesus said, I want to trade places with you. He says, "What?" He says, see, you wasn't qualified to die for yourself. You wasn't qualified to be able to pay for all your sins. You were not qualified to get you back in right standing. He says, but I, Jesus says, but he was. So what he did, he says, this is what I'm going to do. Because of my, God's love for you and my love for you, Jesus said, he says, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to die for all. Jesus is the gift that God gave to the entire world, even though he knew the, not everybody in the world would receive his free, receive this gift. He says this, he says, he says, we just judge that if one died, he died for all, then all died and he died for all that those who now live live should no longer live unto themselves but live for him who died and rose again therefore now we don't regard no man according to the flesh even though at the time we knew christ according to the flesh he says but this he says but therefore he says because he died for all and he rose again and and those who believe on him and have received that gift that he offered to them if you have made a decision to receive that gift what is that gift the gift of god the gift of salvation he made it available to you he says in second in ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 he says this he says by grace are you saved through faith it is a, it's not of works, it's a gift, lest any man should boast. Jesus was the gift that God gave to the entire world. And he says, if you believe that, if you receive that, he says, now you no longer now you no longer live unto yourself, but you live unto live for the one who gave his life for you. He also goes on to say this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says this. He says, Therefore, because of what he's already done for you. Therefore, because he already laid his life down for you and rose again. Therefore, because he covered every, he washed away every sin, past, present, and future through his blood. And he seated at the right hand of the Father. Therefore, because of all that he's done and because you have received that free gift by grace through faith. He says, if anyone is in Christ. If anyone who's made a decision to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and now you are now alive in him, if you are in Christ, then you are a new creation. You're not that same old person you used to be. You're not that, you know, that low down dirty dog. You're not that low, that old, old whoremonger, drunkard. You're, that's not how he sees you. Now, he says, you are brand new. In fact, he says, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. That old nature of sin has passed away. He made the great exchange. That's what it means to be born again. It means for your spirit, man, to be made new. What does that mean, made new? He says, not just, not to, not a remake. He makes you come, it's totally new. He takes out that old, he places in you a new. He says, now you are a new creation in Christ. He also goes on to say, he says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. All things are made new. So when you see, you got to understand you are a three 
part being. You are a spirit, according to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, you are a spirit. You live in a physical body, but you have a soul. Now, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. Your chooser, your thinker, your feeler. And he says this, he says, if you are in Christ, he says then, you are new, a new creation. Your spirit man is made brand new now you still have the same body until you know you there's until you go to heaven he says but your your physical body remains the same you said but if if i'm so new and if, if, if i've been made new then why do i still do some of the same things that i did before well i'm going to answer that question for you today and I, and I can give you a little snippet of it your spirit is brand new but your soul, which is your mind, your will and emotion, it still has, it has to be renewed or it has to be transformed. What does that word transform mean? It needs to be changed because you have learned over years and over the time how to respond to certain situations and circumstances and how in your house this is the way we did things and 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 and, and, and you know you might go to billy's house and billy's parents may do something altogether different and you think something's wrong with billy's house or maybe you might think something's wrong with your house but what he's saying is he says when you was because of life your mind your mind will and emotion you have come up with all kind of things to survive and get by according to the world system but he says but now that you're in christ you're a new creation and what has to happen you have to begin to renew your mind by the word of god so that you can operate according to the kingdom of god all things old things are passed away behold all things are made new say all things all things Say, made new, made new. You are a new creation in Christ. In fact, it says this, it says how that God, now all things are of God, who has reconciled or restored us to himself through his son, Jesus Christ, and has given us a ministry of reconciliation. See, not only are you brand new, but you he, see what he did. He, he reestablished you. And what did he do? He gave you back your life he gave you back identity and he gave you back purpose what he made you a new creation in Christ Jesus he gave you a ministry a purpose what is your purpose you have a ministry of reconciliation what does that mean you are to go out and share with others what Christ has already done for you man I used to be this way but poor I'm not like that now and this is what happened to me man I heard the word of God one day talking about how Jesus had already paid the price for me how he had come to restore the kingdom of God back into the earth so I would no longer be subject to that old way of living and man when that i believe that i receive that and my spirit man was brand new but my mind which is my soul which is my mind will and emotions are still being renewed day by day according to the word of god and when you go out and you make this known to somebody else guess what happens you are operating as an ambassador for christ you are making you are you are uh, making the pitch to the world you are you are telling people man this is what's available in the kingdom of god this is how god really is see so many people have a wrong idea about how god is they think he's like he's in he's way out there somewhere and he is he's right there if you're born again 
He's right there in you, in the person of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. He abides with you. He dwells with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you, but he will be with you even until the end of the age. In fact, he goes with you wherever you go. He goes with you. There's never a time that you go somewhere if you're born again and the Holy Spirit or God in the form of the Holy Spirit doesn't go with you. He's with you everywhere you go well why does he why is he with you everywhere you go because his ministry or his job is to lead and guide you into all truth he is to teach you in all things he is to bring back to your remembrance all the words in which christ has said unto you and he will show you those things to come that's found in in, in uh, john chapter 14 and john chapter 16 talking about the holy spirit who is our comforter. He is our helper. He is our advocate. He is our intercessor. He is our strengthener. He is our standby. He's always there with you to help you begin to walk in the things of God. Now, but who are you? What's your identity? Well, in verse 21, it says this. It says that he, talking about Christ, he he made him sin who knew no sin, that we might become what are you now now that you're in christ you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus which is another way of saying you're in right standing right position with god say that with me you're in right standing you're in right position with god you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus when are you the righteousness of christ jesus in a sweet by and by, when we all get to heaven, no, you're the righteousness of God right now in Jesus' name. And you got to understand, Christ is our example. See, you know what? Uh, uh, men and women of God who are who hold the office of fivefold ministry, our responsibility is to teach you. Is to is in course Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven and twelve talks about how he, Jesus gave some apostles some. Uh, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. For what reason? Why do you have an apostle? Why is there an evangelist? Why is there a prophet? Why is there a teacher? Why is there a pastor? This is their, this is their role. This is their responsibility to perfect or mature the saints. What do they do? They perfect or mature the saints. How do they do it? Through the teaching and preaching of the word of God. They teach and preach the word of God to gr- help grow you up in the things of God so that you will be able to do the second part. So you can go out and do what? Works of service. Where do you do the works of service? Is it just in your church? Man, no, because you're only there one day a week, an hour, maybe two, if, if, if that much. No, you do works of service on your job in your community, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your province, and in your nation. See, what we do is we train you how to go out and do works of service. And what's the ultimate goal? That people may, that you may grow or, or increase the body of Christ. What happens? A pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher comes and they teach and train and help you to mature. Another word for that is grow up into things of God. And once they do that, then you, your responsibility is to take what you learn and go out and apply it to your everyday 
life so that when people see what you're doing and seeing the works of service that you're doing in your community, on your job, in the government, in the schools, in and wherever you're at, then it will begin to increase or grow the body of Christ until we all come to the point of a unity in knowledge concerning the Son of God. Jesus is our example. And according to First uh, Peter chapter two, verse twenty-one, it says this: "For you, for this you are were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you shall follow His steps. Who He committed no sin, nor was deceit found in His mouth. So you sh are not supposed to commit sin. What does that mean? You're not supposed to practice the lifestyle of sin." Nor should there be deceit or lying or manipulation or trickery in your mouth. Who, when Jesus was reveled or when he was, when people came up against him, he did not even re re revel or return it back to them. He, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges rightly. Who himself, Jesus bore our sins in his own body and on the tree. Uh, he he bore all of our sins on the tree. What tree? That cross. That we having died to sin. So if you are in Christ, that means you have died to sin. It does not mean that sin died. It just simply means it no longer has any effect on you. It's kind of like if you go to a funeral home and you see a body in the casket, no matter, you can get the needles and you can poke, poke that body, you can thump him on his forehead, you can slap his glasses off. I wouldn't advise you to do that, but you can do all those things. That body is not going to move. Why? Because according to this natural world, it is already dead. And he, what he's saying is, even though you were, you're still in the world, physically in the world, you're not, you don't have to operate according to how the world operates because you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And he says in Colossians chapter one, I believe it's verse 13 says how he has transitioned you. He has, he has transitioned you from the kingdom of darkness, that old way of living. And he has translated you into the kingdom of his dear son or into the kingdom of God, God's rule, nature, and culture and lifestyle, he says, you're no longer being dominated by the world. You're no longer under the influence of the world. But now because you are in Christ and you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, now you don't have to sin if you don't want to. You don't have to give in to those urges if you don't want to. You don't have to drink if you don't want to. You don't have to sleep around if you don't want to. You don't have to do any of those things. Why? Because not only did you receive the Holy Spirit, but you also received grace. And what does grace do? Grace enables you to do things that you ordinarily could not do in your own strength. Grace enables you to keep God's commandments to love others just like Christ loved you. It, the grace enables you to, to keep your body because it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. It enables you to, 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 to forgive just like Christ, has, God for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. What does grace do? It's an empowerment that enables you to do what you could not do in your own strength. So you are dead to sin. Say that with me. I'm dead to sin. Sin. 
He says, you're dead to sins that you might live unto righteousness. What is that? Righteous and being right standing with God. For by Jesus stripes, we were healed. Not going to be healed, but we're healed right now. So if you truly understand, see, this is the whole thing about this, being locked and loaded. You got to understand you traded places. He took your place. He laid down his life so you didn't have to lay down yours. He took all the punishment so that you would, you and I wouldn't have to. And he says, all I'm asking you to do is understand that we've traded places and you're not that old person you used to be in. You're not that old whoremonger you used to be in. You're not that old drug addict you used to be in. You're not that promiscuous person that you used to be. Now, you may still have feelings of that or you might still have urges to want to do that, but all that's going on in your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your feeler, your chooser, your thinker. You might feel like you want to do that. You might feel like you want to do it. But then this is what you say. I used to do that, but see, now I'm dead to sin. Now I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive unto righteousness. Say that with me. I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive unto righteousness. Now, how do you know that that's what's going on with me. Well, that's easy. Let's turn over to Romans chapter six. Let's go. Let's turn over to Romans chapter six. And let's just get down to the bare brass knuckles. Are you ready? Let's go. It says this. It says you're dead to sin. I didn't say you you were dying to sin. I said you're dead to sin. Sin no longer has dominion or rule over you unless you bow yourself to it see in order for your sin to have uh, any place in your life you have to yield yourself to it you said prove it i'm so glad you said i'm, I'm right I'm about to do it right now it says this romans chapter 6 verse 1 says what shall we say then shall we continue to in sin that grace may abound because sometimes people could be on hyper grace man grace 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 i can do whatever i want to grace 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 has already covered it you didn't read your Bible because grace is not a license to sin. Grace is an enablement that will keep you from sinning. Hello, can I get a whoop whoop? Can I get one amen out there? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What is this answer? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Did y'all hear that? If you're dead to sin, how are you going to live any longer in sin? Pause and think about that. He goes on to say this. Or do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism unto death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should do what? Walk in newness of life. See, you are no longer the same person that you used to be because you died to that old way of doing things. And now you're living. You're alive. You're alive unto Christ. You're alive unto God. You're in right standing with him. So what does he need you to do? Begin to walk in that newness of life. Begin to walk in that newness of life. Begin to walk in that newness of life. For if we had been united together in the likeness of his death, talking about Jesus, he says this, he goes on to say, certainly we also shall be in likeness of his resurrection. Jesus died once, 
when you when you gave your life to him, you died. Your old man died, and when you arose, now you're walking in the newness of life. Now, it's interesting because even when you get baptized, baptism is an outward demonstration of what's going on on the inside. When you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and then you go and get baptized. Did y'all hear that order? You accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and then you go get baptized. Because if all you do is go get baptized, but you did not make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior, can I, can I put you up on something? You went down a dry center, and you came up a wet center. Baptism does not save you. Baptism alone, the confession of Jesus Christ, and the outward demonstration of the inward witness of what's going on inside it. I was alive. I was once I was alive, but now I have died. When you go under the water, what happens when you bury somebody? You put the, you submerge them under dirt. In baptism, you submerge underwater. But when you come back up, guess what? You brand new. That's what you're saying. I was this way. I went down and just like Jesus was resurrected, I was resurrected and I came up and I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Can y'all see that? Can I get one good amen out there? Glory to God. Hallelujah. It says this. It says now in this that our old man, see this, our old man was crucified with him. In other words, it died with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Did y'all hear that? You was once, and I was once a slave to sin. What did that, was a slave do? A slave just did whatever its master told him. At one point in time, sin was our master, and we just followed the urges. If it felt good, we did it. You know, uh, Sprite has a commercial that says, obey your thirst. And then Burger King has a statement that says, you know, your way right away. And it says, you know, and then it's all about you, baby. You know, you YOLO, you only live once, so, you know, rock out, do your thing. It says... For at one point in time, we were slaves to sin, but no longer are we to be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. When you died to that old way, you were free, set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dimension dominion over him. Death no longer has, has rule over Christ. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. Remember, he was he who knew no sin was made sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. He was made sin even though he never sinned. He was made sin, and when he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life but the life that he lives, he now lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. In other words, you have to see, man, even if you got to wake up every morning and look in the mirror, I am dead to sin, but alive unto righteousness. I am dead to sin, but alive unto righteousness. Say it, I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive unto righteousness righteousness he says glory to god he says you reckon yourselves to be to be dead indeed to sin but alive to god 
in Christ. You are alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, now because of everything we just read, that how Jesus died and he's alive, he, he died once and now he lives unto God. How we die, we reckon ourselves to be dead also and we are now living, we're alive and we have been resurrected and we are we're living in, in Christ. We are in Christ. We're new creations. The old things have passed away. Behold, all has made, been made new. That's what it means when you've been transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. You are in right standing with God. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. You're in right position with him. And now what you used to have authority over you, now you have authority over it. You don't have to bow your knee to sin. You don't have to give yourself away to those things. And you say, how do you know that? Well, I'm about to share it with you. Therefore, do not let sin reign or dominate in your in your mortal body. Do you hear that word? You don't let it reign. It didn't say it could rule over you. You don't let it reign. He also goes on to say this. He says that you should obey its lust. What is lust? An intense desire for that which is forbidding. Lust is an intense desire for something that is forbidding. He says, and do not present yourself, your members uh, as instruments unto unrighteousness. In other words, sin cannot make you do anything. The devil can't make you do anything. Alcohol can't make you do anything. Lust can't make you do anything. In order for you to get involved with any of those things, you have to first make your body available to it. And then you have to make a decision to yield to it. It has no authority over you. As a born-again believer, it has no authority over you. As a born-again believer, sin has no authority over you. He also goes to say, but, but he says, don't present your bodies as instruments to unrighteousness or anything that's not in right standing with God. He says, but, but present yourselves to God as a being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of right standing or in right position with God for sin shall not have dominion over you. Say that sin has no dominion over over me for i am no longer under the law but i'm under grace what is grace grace is that empowerment that enables me to be able to do those things uh, that i ordinarily could not do in my own strength i'm dead to sin because i've traded places with him i've traded jesus made a decision he traded places with me he became sin who knew no sin and and i was in sin but i didn't know any righteousness so he he traded places with us and now he says i tell you what let's make the great exchange he said give me your old life and i'll give you my new life he says this in john 10 10 he says the thief came to steal to kill and to destroy he says but i came to give you life in abundance to the full until it overflows. He says, will you trade places with me today? Will you make the exchange with me today? Will you? Are you willing to lay down your old in order to pick up his new? Are you willing to become a new creation in Christ Jesus and all your old things be passed away, that all things may be new? 
He wants to make you new today. He wants you to understand you are a new creation in Christ. You're not who you used to be. He says, I need you to flip the script on those things. I need you to flip and I need you to begin to see yourself different. I need you to begin to talk differently about yourself. In fact, don't even let other, I don't even let family members talk about what I used to do before I became the man I am today. When they start talking about that, I'm like, I have no idea who you talking about because the man who stands before you did no such thing because I realized I'm a new creation in Christ. All those old things have passed away. Everything became new. You said that's because you're a pastor. I had this mindset when I first found out that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I would not let anybody try to put that old clothing on me anymore because it no longer so I'm saying to you, don't let anybody put that old stuff back on you. Man, you did such and such. I have no idea what you're talking about. But I remember when you did such and such, the person who did that is dead. What, what are you talking about? I'm dead to sin. I'm alive unto righteousness. I don't have to do the things I used to do. If I make a decision to bow and yield myself to them, that's one thing. But they have no dominion over me. Pornography has no dominion over me. Lust has no dominion over me. Lying, cheating, and stealing has no authority over me. Uh, uh, manipulation and, and, and being an addict has no authority over me. It has no rule over me because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, I rem and I'm renewing my mind day by day that I may be transformed, that I may be transformed in my thinking because my spirit is brand new. My mind, my, my will, and my emotion are being changed day by day and daily my mind is being so changed and all I think I, I feel and I choose according to the kingdom of God or God's way of doing things do you see how that works man it's just that simple and I want to give you an opportunity to, to, to make that trade today I want to give you an opportunity to change up today I want to give you an opportunity to flip that script today how are you going to do that? Well, we said it from the very beginning. In accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. It says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith. It's the spoken word of assurance, of dependence, of reliance, of, 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 of on God, of faith that we will proclaim or preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That word saved means healed, set free, delivered, and made whole. How do we, how, he says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, or right standing, or right position, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I want to give you an opportunity to, operate, to step out on it. What, dip, what good would it be for me to lead you all the way up to this point and just drop it like it's hot and don't let you pick it back up? How, this, so this is what we're going to do. Pray this prayer with me. Confess it out of your mouth. Mean it from your heart. And you're going to make that trade today. You're going to make that switch today. You're going to make that flip today in the name of Jesus. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in a grave, but he's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart 
and save me now. I repent of sin and I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I'm born again. Right now, I'm in right position. Right now, I'm in right standing. And right now, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, glory to God. If you pray that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. Welcome you into right relationship. Welcome you into right position with God. Now, what do you do next? Man, you got to get in a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but will also teach you about the love of God and about the kingdom of God. We know that Ignite Depot is such a place. So, man, if you want to join us here each week at 6 p.m., on Saturday each week at 6 p.m. on Saturday we love to have you so we can go line upon line precept upon precept so you won't only just hear the word but you'll learn how to apply it to your everyday life uh, what what happened what, what if I got to work well if you got to work and you're not available on Saturday man jump back on at 6 p.m. on Thursday night man we will rebroadcast this this video and, and 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 so that you can hear the word and you can digest it and you can take down notes and you can you can write it out and you you write down all the addresses all the scriptures is given so you can go back and study for yourself to show yourself approved we also have a podcast called ignite depot that's ignite the number two depot and you can hear this message and all other messages that we've preached before in this series locked and loaded now on behalf of pastor juin and myself and the entire ignite nation we want to thank you for joining us tonight and remember this he came to trade make the trade he took your place he took your mess and he gave you a masterpiece and he's asking you to make the decision to receive it today by grace through faith in Jesus name. God bless you. You have a great day. Bye-bye.